Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Speaking about, again, this year, that it's like this is different. I mean, every year is different, but this really is a new season. I mean, that's the phrase that they keep using, but I mean, it really is. Things are multiplying so quickly. Things are happening so suddenly. Do you hear me? You really do need to hear me. Things, it's, time has been pressurized. God's moved up the time scale. God can do with time whatever he wants to do because he invented time. You know what I mean? But please do not doubt that you're living in a season that, as it were, has a fresh grace from heaven upon it. There's a fresh, something's like God's breathed something fresh. There's a fresh grace right now for his people to break through and go forward quicker than ever before. Don't think that what used to take so long will always take so long. God is going to do in your lives things so much more quickly. If you will but believe, if you'll just yield your spirit unto him, he wants to accelerate everything about your life being blessed. Really. Really. For real. I have got so much Holy Ghost energy on the inside of me lately that I feel like I'm going to flipping explode. And I mean that from the bottom of my gut. But at first off, before I get cranked up again, I want to, let's say thank you to God for having beautiful Nailani all blessed in our midst again. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is so very, very good. I'm telling you, God is good. Uh, one other announcement before I get started again, that we just failed to mention June um, 8th. And 9th, isn't it? Yeah, June 8th and 9th. Julie and I will be teaching up at the barn again uh, all day Friday and all day Saturday. Just other aspects of leadership. I don't want to say that there's a particular theme, but he's put some really good stuff on her heart. But anyhow, if you want to take advantage of that, please see somebody afterwards. Yeah, there's some of these little what's happening in the barn cards over there, okay? It is always worth it. And even with Chosen, I, you know, do you remember how David said, I will not give to you what did not cost me something? You remember that story in the scripture where he, you know, went to, he wanted to bring this sacrifice and this thing back to God. And the guy said, I'll just give you my field. It's okay. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to pay for it because I, I don't want to give something to God that did not cost me something. If you could just catch the principle. I said, if you could just catch the principle behind God's desire and understanding for that to be something in us, it's simply the way it works. Listen to me. It's simply the way the kingdom works. God gave to us something that cost him. God gave to us something that really cost him. And look at the fruit of it. Did you hear that? 
I dare you to try to comprehend the fruit of what he gave, which is the salvation of the lost throughout all the centuries, and you and I, the fact that we're going to live for all eternity in the presence of God. And that same thing, so whether it be like, you know, going, doing something like that God puts in front of you, do pray about it. Even like going to Chosen, you know, it costs you something. But anything that costs you has within it the potential to reward you phenomenally above and beyond what you think that it could ever produce. It's a kingdom truth. Hallelujah. Father, I give you thanks again today for what it really means to walk in the principles of the kingdom of God that never fails. Father, I do ask again that you would anoint my mouth, fill my mouth with your words. And oh, Father, please truly open the eyes and open the ears of your people that they might hear heaven's process, that they'd receive it as the truth that it is, that they wouldn't receive it as something they have to do, but that they would simply see that it's your way of getting things done. It's your way of bringing real success, real freedom, real peace in our lives, in our everyday life, in our finances, in our well-being, in our relationships, in every area. So I give you thanks again today, Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I want you, I'm just going to give the basic text again. I'm still teaching on this earthbound thing. So I'm going to read that initial text back in John chapter 3, starting at verse 31, where uh, John, the, 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 John the prophet is speaking. And um, in the Amplified John 3.30, where he said, he, speaking of Jesus, he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must grow more prominent. I must grow less so. And then he says this in verse 31, he who comes from above, speaking of Jesus, is far above all others. Now, that's what a simple statement, but it's obvious, right? But the Holy Spirit's really wanting to get our attention to something about the difference between stuff that comes from here and stuff that comes from here. Do you hear me? Please. You know, honest to God, today could be the day that everything changes in your life. It really could. He who comes from above heaven is far above all others. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of earth. And again, that's where I, when the Lord quickened me and gave me this title about it, he said, if you continue to speak the language of the earth, you'll be bound to the earth. You'll be bound to the resources of the earth alone. You'll be constricted and restricted from receiving the things that come from the Father, from the kingdom, from heaven, okay? It says, he who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of the earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. He who comes from heaven, though, is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. Now, he's talking about the wisdom, the insight, the message that Jesus Christ brings. 
But you have to dare, you have to make the choice to believe that what Jesus Christ brings, what the Holy Spirit brings as truth, is far superior to all other information that you might get on the earth or get in university or get at school or get from friends. Please, I really, I want you to be quickened to this. And he goes on to say in verse 32, it is to what he has actually seen and heard that he hears testimony, and yet no one accepts his testimony. No one receives his evidence as truth. But whoever receives his testimony, in other words, his truth, what he witnesses to, what the Holy Spirit says through him, what the Holy Spirit says through the word of God, whoever receives his testimony, in other words, if you and I actually receive his testimony, receive the truth of the message, it says heaven sees us as having set our seal of approval to it and that we're actually certifying that God is true. We believe that we're, we're declaring God is true because we begin to accept the message of heaven and we begin, listen to me, we begin to order our conduct and order our lifestyle and order how we live round about this, this truth that only God is true. His His wisdom is far superior. It's what will change your life. Listen to me. How long have you been how you are? (laughs) If you will really give yourself, if you will really open your heart and your soul and give yourself to the design, the blueprint, that God has released through Jesus Christ and his word, literally 12 months from today, you would not be able to recognize yourself because of the incredible change for good that will have come upon your life. God cannot lie. You see, we don't just read God's word for information. We, I study God's word for transformation. You get transformed. When you realize that this again, like we shared over the last few weeks, the word, you know, being cleansed by the water of the word, and the word means the living voice. God's word is his living voice, and you have to begin to exercise your understanding and exercise your your mindset to realize this is his living voice to me, and it's what will cleanse me from all the stuff that's causing restriction towards God a success or whatever you want to say in this life. And then he goes on to say that that man is definitely certified, acknowledged, declared once and for all, and is himself assured that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. I've made that decision. Okay? I've simply made that decision. You have to make it for yourself. And then he says this, for since, verse 34, for since he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Now let me, and I asked this the very first Sunday, Can we speak the words of God? Of course. And we're supposed to, and that's what this whole series is about. We can speak the words of God. And God's word here says, For since he, speaking of Jesus, whom God has sent, speaks the word of God, proclaim God's own message, God's word. God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift. God makes of his spirit. In other words, if we begin to speak 
in line with God's blueprint and design. If we begin to order our conversation aright, he will show us his salvation. Because he's not a man that he should lie. Because he's not a man that he should lie. Now, I don't want to go over everything that I went for, but let's turn to Genesis 1 again. Genesis 1 is actually in the early part of the Bible for some of you. Hallelujah. You see, this, this, is, this is my, it's not my frustration, it's my hope. Every week since five, six weeks ago, you know, God spoke to me very clearly over and over again. He said, I am a God of abundance. And he said, I want you to begin to declare and decree over the church and every person in this church that they have walked into a house of abundance. Now, I want you to hear me when I say this. God, getting close to him, God is abundant. (laughs) God doesn't have healing. God is healing. If God, as it were, walks into this room right now, listen to me. If he walks into this room right now, abundance walks into this room. Healing has come into the room because he is healing. It's like love. Love isn't something he has. Love is who he is. So where there's an abundance of God, where you make space for him, where you begin to align yourself again with his blueprint, the God of abundance begins to have greater opportunity to come into your life and your existence and your being. He is abundance. He is abundance. You know, this is why, and it is true. See, it's not, I'm going to get to it a little bit later, but see, the provision that he wants us to have, remember, let me say this from the beginning, silver and gold, silver and gold that we have a lot of interest in in the natural. Do you understand that silver and gold is of no interest to God whatsoever? Heaven Heaven could care less about silver and gold. That's why he uses gold to to pave the streets. Really, do you really catch that? The only thing that carries value in heaven is truth. The only thing that carries real value in heaven is truth. You see, we're supposed to think like God thinks. You see, gold and silver do not come... If, if well, reward's a big deal. Like I said, I'm going to try to get to this in a moment. God wants everything you have to be in your possession because it's his reward to you. You hear me? I said it's, if he wants it to be his reward to you. But sometimes, again, we do. We chase the blessing. We make the breakthrough, and we what we call a breakthrough is like getting the house we want. Do you hear me? We call a breakthrough getting the car we want. But see, God could care less about that. What God wants is us to have the breakthrough of recognizing that it's all about the lordship of Jesus Christ. Will I allow Jesus Christ to truly be my Lord? 
Will I actually allow his lordship to reign? And so there has to be this adjustment where we're not, okay, I'm going to celebrate breakthrough when I get this car I need. I'm going to celebrate breakthrough when I get the, when I finally get married or when I finally have children, whatever. That's, see, that's, in heaven, that, that's so minute. That's so, so little. What God is looking for is he's looking for us to reverence, to reverence him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He wants to, he's longing for us to reverence him and reverence the way he does things because he wants you to be rewarded. Like I said, listen, he, like I said, if he walks in here, abundance walks in here. Provision walks in here. Anything and everything you want walks in the room. I said it's in the room. It walks in the room. It's there. It's there. And so what God's trying to do is get us, like it says, he said, if you would be converted in your thinking, if you would be converted in your thinking, I could heal you, Jesus said in the book of Luke. You see, if we can get your mind renewed to this, you won't stress and strive in the wrong direction. You begin to work towards the glory of God and towards the lordship of Jesus. And the effect of that is stuff like silver and gold and stuff like peace. Really, because where he is, peace is. So the whole thing about Christian is the worst success for the body of Christ being the body of Christ is when we actually begin to be converted in our thinking and recognize that that is the truth of the gospel. It's exercising it's coming into the revelation of the overall lordship of Jesus Christ. It's faith. See, it's how faith works. But what faith really is, yes, faith is substance. Real faith has real tangible substance. But listen to me. What real faith is, is like an utter abandonment to the total trustworthiness of the one who loves us. In other words, I, I, I realize he is so trustworthy. In other words, I, I, you know, I, thou shalt not tempt God. Remember the word tempt means to question. They tempted God. They kept questioning like their scripture, is God among us or not? And if we're honest, we've all been there. I don't know if God's in this or not. I don't know what, you know, I don't even know. If, I, this, I don't know if this stuff works. <laughs> but see, that's like saying God isn't God. I don't believe God is God. I don't believe full stop. No, 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 no. This is where the, the renewing, the conversion of the soul has to occur. And it's only going to happen through basically two ways, and that's the basics of how, you know, faith comes by hearing over and over again the truth of his love, the truth of how trustworthy he is. You can trust him. He is not a man that he should lie. He is not a man that he should lie. That has to be like tattooed upon the tablets of your heart. Any other voice is a lying voice. Any other voice is a lying voice. Any other voice is a lying voice. I have made the decision personally to believe God is true. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. God is true. 
God is true. Hallelujah. Now, so it's all about this thing about like, you know, we are a house of abundance. He's got more than abundance, like I said. Also, remember, as I was reading in Ephesians where it says, and ye now, now ye belong unto God's own household. And I just stopped and I just said these words, you know, I live in God's house. I live in almighty God's house. I am his child. As many as believe, he gave the power to become the children of God. Hallelujah. I live in God's house. And I kind of believe that in my God's house, there's no lack. There's no lack of resources. There's no lack of food. There's no lack of provision. There's no lack in any area whatsoever. That's what the word says. That's God's message. I'm saying, I'm setting my seal to that, that that's true. And that God, God can, I live in God's house. So it's really quite irreverent even to think that having given his only begotten son to die such a horrible death in my place and in your place, how, how dare I begin to think that he does not want to bless me, meet my needs. He is my father. He is my father. He has all the reasons. I mean, like I said, he uses gold to pave streets. We often just make that as a joke, but that's he uses gold to pave streets. It is no big deal for him to get gold to us if our heart understands things correctly. Do you hear me? You, I'm so praying for us as a church and for us as individuals. I mean, really, because God's not a man that he should lie. There's no one in this room that the Father does not want to bring incredible increase to. Did you hear that? But do, do you really hear that, see? Do you hear that louder than anything else? There's no one, there's never been one person, one child of God that he ever set apart and said, I want him poor. I want him sick. I want him depressed. I want him out of all the others. I, man, I want, no, no. That all might be saved. He hath given unto us all things to enjoy. And you see, the carnal mind begins to freak it. Well, 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 God actually wants us to enjoy life? Duh. See, but this is why wrong teaching in the church for centuries caused people to take vows of poverty thinking that made them more godly when nothing could be further from the truth. What do you do with passage after 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 passage and then after some more passages in Scripture where God said, I'm going to bless you above all nations. I'm going to bless you beyond anything you could dare ask or think. I'm going to show myself abundantly unto you. 
I want you to have the richest, the richest measure of the, of the divine presence. I want you to become bodies that are wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's everywhere. Why? And he says over and over and over and over again. Why? See, you've got to see the background reason for it all so that your pursuit, rather I should say, so that rather what you pursue, you pursue from the right understanding. Everything, but everything about God wanting you and I to walk in tangible abundance, abundance of peace, abundance of insight, abundance of money. It's okay to say money. Everybody say money one time. It's okay. But it's money, money, money. Show me the money. But seriously, he says everywhere, he's serious about this. See, everything, the most important issue to the, God, to the Father, the, the, the most important issue to the Father above anything and everything that could ever be discussed is eternity. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him you know, might have everlasting life. What I'm trying to get at is this. You can't, if you just barely study the Bible, everywhere, but everywhere, he said, I want you blessed. Because remember when, again, Samuel went to choose one of the sons of Jesse, and he looked at all of them. You know, one of them looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. One of them looked like Paul Newman. One of them looked like Brad Pitt. One of them looked like, you know, Dominic. One of them looked like Deji. One of them even looked like Kenny Tomogel. Everybody thought that Kenny would be chosen, right? But no, he, and remember Jesse said, well, what, what, you know, I've only got one son left, and he's just this little teenage kid, ruddy-faced dude. I, you know, he just hangs out with the sheep. He doesn't know, he, you know, he's got nothing, and all he wants to do is play his guitar. I mean, you know, he's not going to have any future, whatever. He wants to be a musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no hope for him. He's going to be another starving musician. But remember that classic truth where Samuel says this. He says, no. He said, because God said this. He said, man looks on the outward appearance. Listen. But God looks on the heart. And so what we always preach about, remember, and you've probably heard me say this before, we always preach in most churches, the most pastor ministers, they'll always talk about the aspect that God looks on the heart. But what else did God say? He said, man, man, who are we trying to reach with the gospel, the lost? Right? It's all about eternity. We're called to say, seek and to save those who are lost. When it's all said and done, that's the goal. That's what has to be at the heart of every minister. The heart of every minister and every one of us are called ministers of what? Reconciliation. And what's reconciliation mean? It means reconciled back to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're all ministers of reconciliation. It all has to do about getting from the state of being lost to the state of being saved. God looks in the heart, but the men that we're trying to get to out there look on the outward appearance. So all through scripture, Israel itself, Romans 11, read it carefully. 
It says, you know, this, this blur, this darkness, this, this stupor has come upon them for a season. And God said until, you know, that it's going to hang on Israel until the Gentiles come into their fullness because God's intention is that Israel sees the blessing of a Messiah on the Gentiles so that it will make them jealous. Now, is that or is that not what the scripture says? So what am I saying? Though God wants us blessed. I want to be blessed, not so that I can celebrate having new toys. See, you, know, you really need to hear this. Because it, this is what will... Johnson said about something. He said, your heart needs to be recalibrated. Recalibration is, you see, but I want to be blessed. But see, this is what I mean. You have to get past the embarrassment or the sense of shame of saying, I want to be blessed. Because most people will say, you prideful person, you. But that's ignorance. That's people who don't read the scriptures and don't understand if it's, see, but if, if this is, you know, God knows the difference if this is in your heart or if this, you know, if you're asking to consume it upon your own lust. But nevertheless, this book is true. God wants me blessed. <laughs> Listen, God does not want you to be satisfied with just enough, much less not able to get by. But again, hell has taught that as a doctrine of the church. And we have believed a lie. For Second Thessalonians. And therefore, most of the church has been damned in the area of wanting abundance. And we all know everything, reaching the world, missions, everything else, it's all about money. I said it's all about money. When you really think, you see some of those, you know, you don't, you, you'd probably change it. Once in a while, I change your channel too. Every time they show pictures, you know, the starving babies. And I'm being honest sometimes, you know, because my heart breaks, because my heart breaks because I don't have enough to really take care of it. Don't you want to just have enough that you can, like it says, Julia, that you can bless any, any charitable donation that God asks you to? Don't you really want that? Isn't that honestly... Honestly, I mean, I don't want to see pictures of starving babies. I want to be the person that has like millions and millions of pounds. Rather than, you know, like they say, you know, like I've supported, I think, and Julie and I both supported things where we've sent like, a, I think it was 25 pounds. I mean, 25 pounds or 50 pounds, I think it was, you know, to John Hagee Ministries where they're digging wells years and years ago, you know, digging wells so that they could have water in these villages. And stuff like that. I mean, it take took like 50 pounds to, for all of an entire well to be initiated, to be dug, to be produced, to where water's flowing in a village so that people can live and children can live. Be alive, not die. Not die, not have the death rate be something like 7 out of 10 under 18 months old. And you think, oh, the people that have millions, my God, how many wells could you, how, how many wells could we dig? How many Orphanages could we support? How many missionaries? And see, you say that's an old song. Well, you know what? It's still the right song. It's a true song. I said it's a true song. But see, you have to go much more 
than just having your ears tickled about this message of God's desire for you to live in abundance. Because I'm telling you, man, you want to find out if Satan's real? <laughs> you make the decision to follow Jesus Christ and you make the decision to believe in abundance and that he wants you abundantly blessed because you know what you'll do with it and you really will know what you'll do. You really do understand that it's not about the car. It really isn't about the house. Oh, they'll come. But, 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 you know, when you actually begin to see that God, see, God wants the world to see it's worth serving him. He is almighty God. If he can't even take care of these people that call themselves Christians, why should I serve him? Why should I go to church when everybody there is weak and busted and dusted and messed up? You know what I mean? Why? But see, you have to be in this book. I said, you have to be in this book. I can't make you. But you have to be in this book until every seed of doubt is obliterated. Until every single seed of doubt is obliterated. Because like I said, Satan will fight. He fights this as strong as anything he fights. You, He'll either get you to want to be rich for being rich's sake, or he'll get you to being a critic of anybody else who wants money out of that's because of the greed that's in your own heart. It is. But I'm just saying, but all of this, all of this will be blown away in the moment once you understand that it's God's love. It's love's intention. God actually loves Rod Anderson to the point that there's nothing there's no desire too great for my father to want to bless me with. I am still his baby. Hallelujah. I know what fatherhood feels like myself. I said, I know what fatherhood feels like. <laughs> Oldest illustration, but it's so true. You hold that baby in your arms. <laughs> God, you cry. You go, oh my God, you don't know what you'll do to hold that child and embrace it. And you've got to understand, God's never changed. Like I said last week, that I heard from Jesse Duplantis, it's so funny. He said, you'll never be God's adult. Just like Jamie and Anna will never be our adults. They're still our children. They will all forever be our children. You are forever going to be his child. But to have the kingdom... You have to be as a child. I believe you, Daddy. In Genesis 1, something, like I said, I don't, I don't know how much I'll do it. Like I said, it is true. I need to teach shorter and in just in, in chunks. But, you know, we honestly, I'm not trying to be clever. I am so, oh, never mind. It keeps sounding. It sounds like I'm patting me on the back. I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just so God I'm so I'm so expectant I just throw uh, anyhow Genesis chapter one you know when God creates man it says in verse twenty seven Genesis one twenty seven um, says so God created man in His own image 
Then it says, in the image and likeness of God. And I, I did a full study on this years ago when I was teaching in Bible school. The words here, and walk, it, it speaks to something called primal genitor. It's, it's, it doesn't mean that we're to be, listen to this. It says the words, these Hebrew idioms, I'll just give you a touch of it, but to me it was so incredible because it says it is absolutely not saying that we are to be representatives of God. It says we are to be a living representation of God. You hear the difference? In other words, you and I are to be a copy of God. See, wait, you're in the cylinder here. We're not just supposed to represent him. I'm here in the name of God. That's, that's part of it. But no, he, his intent is that you become representational. In other words, when I see you, I see God. That's what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But then in verse 28, it says, And God blessed them and said, Remember last week I talked about how in Genesis 1 earlier I pointed out place after place that God said, let there be light, and God saw, God said, God saw, God said, God saw, God said, God saw. And I made this simple statement, but you have to hear it. You have to say it before you'll ever see it. It's the way the kingdom functions. And I, I wrote this down. I, I, some, I've got different pages of notes here. I'm trying to freak out to have what I want to say where I said, but it says our goal, my goal in teaching this is not to become a people who perfectly follow the design of God so much, but that we comprehend that this is, this is simply part of heaven's wisdom in making way for the Father's rewards to get to us. In other words, again, it's just seen that this is how the kingdom works. And what I'm trying to say is, you really begin the whole. This whole thing is about. I'm, I want to speak the language of heaven, so I can be connected to heaven. That's what I've been teaching now for weeks. I want us to understand how vital it is, and we're going to go over tons of stuff. And I'm not going to be. I can, I'm not done. I'm not going to be done until I'm done. <laughs> but because God's just hammering me with this, and He wants me to hammer you with it, to be quite honest, because it is your salvation. You say that's a bold statement. I'm quoting Romans. It is your salvation. What I'm, what I'm teaching right now. You, you, it's, you see, I don't want you converted. I don't want you to get converted to the confession of your mouth where you are converted to the tool. You know what I mean? In other words, where you become legalistic to the point that, you know, you watch your words to the point that, you know, like happened in the years ago, you know, somebody around you says, uh, Oh, you turkey, you, and they jumped on. Don't say that. They might sprout wings. You know, you know, just dumb stuff. So the issue is this isn't, we're not to idolize the confession of our mouth and speaking the right things, but we're to recognize that it's the revelation of heaven to his children that this is how things will happen. And you have to understand process. You have to understand that often, see, we are disappointed because when we pray, God's voice often comes to us as a seed. And a seed 
we all know the scripture says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. And Mark 4, Matthew 13, we'll get to that, if not some of it this week, next week, probably not. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really asking God, and I know I joke about it, and we joked with me, but I really do want to speak shorter and give you chunks that you can take home and not freak out about not getting out of here till 4.30 national. But when God speaks, when his living voice comes, it comes as a seed. But see, this is why, you know, we need to be patient. And that's one of the hardest things for all of us. We need to learn the art of patience. Because you see, what happens with most people, we don't understand how God works. He'll speak most of the time. His voice comes. It's a seed that if stewarded correctly, I said that that seed in our spirit, man, our heart, if that's steward, stewarded correctly, you will indeed see the fulfillment of the bloom and the fulfillment of the promise. Right? Right? But what happens if we're honest, most of us, we don't understand process. We don't understand how the kingdom works. And so we become disappointed if we don't see the fullness of something within our own thought of what the measure of time should have been. Whereas when you understand love and you understand this is how the kingdom works, you just realize it's in motion. Hallelujah. And God is not a man that he should lie. It's in motion. It's in front of me. Listen, it's only going to take a little time. And I'm going to be so free from debt. Everybody's mind's going to be blown. And I'm going to celebrate God. And people are going to say how it happened. And I'm going to give glory to God by being able to say, I did it God's way. I did it God's way. See, you can push through in your humanity. I want a car. And I, like I said, I remember, like I said, when I wanted my, I wanted that first little motorcycle when I was about 15 years old in America. It was a little Honda 250 Scrambler. Remember, I shared with you. And I mean, I found, every, I found pictures of it. Every kind of motorcycle book I could find, I took pictures of it, and I took, put them in my dad's desk. I put them on my dad's bedroom. I put them on his pillow. I put it in his pickup. I put them everywhere. I mean, I want, I was so subtle about it. You know what I mean? I was pressing, pressing, pressing. How can I get it? How can I get the money for down payment? How can I get it? 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 And I know that nobody here has ever thought that way, ever. See, you got to be careful because we're not talking about, there are some things that God wants us to push through. But see, when it comes to things that are material, sometimes we do ourselves a great disservice because what happens is if you push through by using only your human ability to achieve, actually that's coming from a place of greed. And really, greed is attached to being a thief. Because what happens is if you push through and say you get a car because you're finagling everything you can and this, that, and the other, and you push through and you get it, you begin to have a sense of self-achievement but you don't realize that it actually steals because what happens is it separates you from the affection that should be to God alone and not to your own ability to see things through. I don't know if you're hearing me. But see, this is why it's critical. Let's do things God's way. 
we have to be delivered from the desire for immediate gratification. Now, we've heard that taught a lot, but oh my God, isn't it a tough one? Because we, we want to, you know, we want something. We've all, we all in here, there's nobody in here that doesn't want something or want more. And you know what? I want something and I want more. But Rod is 70 years old now. Rod has been around this a long time. Rod has witnessed what Rod produced <laughs> in his entire life. And I don't want the baggage any longer that comes with doing things Rod's way when I realize if I do it God's way, the reward will come. But it will come from him and from me abiding in him. If you abide in me, I'll abide in you, and you shall ask what you will, and it shall be given you. It's all about abiding. Hallelujah. i got to tell you, I heard Bill Johnson say something two days ago. I was watching something, and he had his Bible open, and, and he just said this. He said, listen, he said, uh, he just, it was just a random off comment. He said, you know, he said, i got a lot of people. He said, there's a lot of people say, oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm devoted to Jesus. And he just did this. He said, i got to tell you something. I got a problem. I've got a problem with people who tell me they love Jesus and they don't love this book. If you love Jesus, I got to tell you, you'll love this book. You will love this book because of what this book does for you. Hallelujah. Like I said, you know, Jesus again, John 15, just rehearsing a little bit before. He's telling the disciples, you know, I'm the vine. You guys are the, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. But any branch that doesn't produce fruit, you know, we prune. Because you want things to produce greater fruit and sweeter fruit. You know what I mean? That's so true, you know. My God, in our back tree, backyard, there's a little almond tree that Julie wanted to plant because it's like, it's very, it's a scriptural tree. It's something, it's the first tree that buds. And anyhow, so the, you know, I forget who it was that came over, but anyhow, and uh, cut it back. I mean, they didn't cut it back real nice, but they cut it back. That's okay. But it's amazing. Prune that sucker off. Kaboom, man, already. I mean, there's a billion shoots and a billion buds all over the place because you prune it. And then Jesus said this about people. I'm the vine, but you're the branches. But then he turns to his disciples and he said, but you guys, you are clean. The word is pruned. You're pruned already by the word which I've spoken to you. You see, you've got to understand it. See, people say, well, in the Old Testament, people were punished. It seems that God punished people. I mean, he corrected people's punishment. See, but this is just that you don't, if you, the king, the way the kingdom of God works today is God never punishes anybody. He will correct you, but he corrects you through his word. He speaks to you as a loving father, and he corrects you through this. So if you never come to this, guess what? You never get correct correction. If you keep going to man to get counsel, they better be godly men. But if they're godly men, guess what? They're going to know the book. Because this is what brings freedom. You shall know the truth. Not the world's opinion. Not Reader's Digest opinion. Not even your doctor's opinion. What does God say? So verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, Fill the earth, and the King James, that's where it says replenish. Subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of government, and have dominion. 
Now, what struck me all these years ago, I've got my ancient notes here from, gosh, I don't know when I first taught this. I taught this thing. My paper's about to fall in half. I've got so many notes on it, I can't even read it myself anymore. But it so struck me. I, I read this one time, and this is, again, the, the power of God's Word. This, and I've shared this here, too, as well. Adam. Everybody say Adam. Adam, it's funny because, you know, to even know the word Adam, you know what Dom, D-A-M in Hebrew means? Blood. The very first man is named Blood. If you want to hear, if you want to see significance. But anyhow, the very first man, now think about God creates him in his image and in his likeness to be representational himself in planet earth. He's to be the God of this planet. But think about this. How many of you have an eardrum? <laughs> Most of you do. But now really hear me. Hear me. <laughs> hear me. Hear me. But this, you know, forgive me. I get sometimes whatever like a little child because it tickles me when I think about it. But God stopped me and he said this was the very Adam's Adam's ears his eardrum the inner ear, the ear canal. They were the, you know, faith, we know now faith comes by hearing. Is that right? And hearing by the word of God. Listen, the very first sound, the very first words that the very first human ever heard when God reached down and spoke into his man Adam. The very first words that, that hit the human ear, and that's how they get to the human spirit, the very first words were, be fruitful. He didn't pray for Adam. He spoke into Adam his identity. Do you hear me? He spoke into his man, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, dominate. <laughs> the law of first mention, you've got to catch, you've got to meditate. The very, the very first man, you have to really understand the new creation. You have to go back to a degree to the first creation. When God made mankind, whom you are a representative of, all I know is this. When Adam stood up, <laughs> the only thing in his spirit is, I am a fruitful individual. I'm here to multiply. I'm here to replenish. I'm here to subdue, and I'm here to dominate. Hallelujah. And it wasn't from being domineering. No, no, no. It's just that's who God is. When the God of abundance walks in, fruitfulness walks in. Multiplication walks in. Replenishing walks in. Subduing walks in. Dominion walks in. Can you catch the utter significance of that? Oh my God, that's all this new man understood. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. 
See, this is what's supposed to happen to us when we get born the second time. We have to, we need, this is why I say it, and it's not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but see, where you go to church is a matter of life and death. You need to be taught God's kingdom ways, not just hear clever little topics about stuff. You need, this put it this way, if you want to be a representational person of God, and of the Father, and of Jesus Christ, you, you, you have to find the design and the blueprint, and you have to begin to make application of it in your life. And you have to have the revelation of everything. You know, the servant of the Lord must be patient. You just, you, you get to be patient. I don't like patience. <laughs> you hear me? I don't like patience. It's against my human nature to want like patience. I want it now. You know, I do. I want it now. But see, we don't understand how God understands. It's like the old statement they say in the world, you know, don't let your destination become more important than the journey that gets you there. You know what I mean? The stuff that happens along the way, all of it is training for stuff that we don't understand now, but we will understand later, like Jesus said. Hallelujah. All of it's training. You say, well, I don't understand what's... Listen, later you will understand. But see, will you stay the course? Or will you have itching ears? That's what Scripture says, that people begin to leave the church and they, they go to other places because they just want to have something that's softer. They want to have something that's more enticing. They want to have something that satisfies their own lustful desire. That's what it says. That's 2 Timothy. That's what it says. I said, that's what it says. But see, God wants you to hear his design. So, But do you see how profound it is? And even the whole idea of God, turn to Isaiah 34 real quick. And I, I'll, I'll try to, I really, honest to God, I'm going to, I see, I've got to learn a lesson myself. I've really got to learn a big lesson because I, honest to God, I could, once I get, I could, I could go all day. And that's not because I'm trying to be cool. It's just that you get, this word is alive. It is the living voice, and the more you begin to pour into it every day, you go, oh, I mean, again, I cannot begin to tell you what's happened in my own spirit just because of, again, this new season, this something new that I didn't even ask for that just happened to me where suddenly all my time in the book and everything else in prayer is like tripled. It's at least tripled. And, you know, it's the strength that does come. It's the Bible's true. The strengthening that comes, the peace that comes, the, the strength to say no to I mean, temptation just dies. It just dies because something else so, is so much more beautiful. It's so much more satisfying. Hallelujah. It's so much more satisfying that you say, why am I going to waste my energy on this? Why would I waste time on this when I've got this in front of me? But Isaiah 34 Verse 16, it says this. Seek out of the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these details of prophecy shall fail. None shall want and lack her mate in fulfillment. But this is the key. For the mouth of the Lord has commanded. In other words, listen to me. God speaks. But see, this is how you, again, everything God does, he does according to a pattern. He does according to a pattern. God said and God saw. 
But see, there was something else that happened between said and saw. <laughs> this is what how the, this is the Holy Spirit's job then and still is now. Listen, are you listening? Please, I'm trying to save your life. I honestly, I'm 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 trying to save your life. I really want to save your life. I don't want you to go through hell. I do not want you to go through all the snares and the tragedies of this life. You don't have to go through it all. Every one of us do experience hard times. It's just part of life. But we come out of them. The Lord delivers us, delivers us out of them all. He does deliver us out of them all. But we do go through the valley of the shadow of death. But it's a shadow. It's a shadow. But it feels like hell when you're in it. It feels like death. And that's when he says, quit, quit, go ahead, quit. This stuff doesn't work. Quit, quit, quit. But how the scriptural pattern of how things work. God said, watch, the Holy Spirit, remember, was brooding over the face of the earth. But there was no creation yet until God spoke. God speaks. His spirit gathered, gathered the words, remember, and used them for fuel to create the stuff. And that's when said God saw. So now it's not, see, God said, the Spirit gathered, and God saw. The culmination of what he said. See, Rod has to understand that. You need to understand that. When you speak, when you put God's word in your mouth, when you put God's promises in your mouth, and you continue to hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering, because faithful is he who promised, that stuff is in motion. That seed is at work. It will produce. Seed produces after its own kind. Seed produces after its own kind. Corn seed produces corn. Asparagus produces asparagus. Prosperity verses produce prosperity. Healing verses produce healing. Verses about peace produce peace. But it's seed. You keep it in your mouth, and then you understand, okay, right now, the Holy Spirit's working with these words. I have spoken these words, and they're at work right now. Hallelujah. And he's creating with them. So I'm just going to be patient. All it takes is a little time. I guarantee you, I've got debt in my life right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got some debt, debt that I'm embarrassed about, like I said, from you. I mean, from 25 years ago. I've got debt in my life when we first had a church and we'd have some of these speakers that Julie and I knew. I mean, they were big-time speakers. You know, just back then, I mean, we were just blessed. We had all kinds of these people that came to our different churches. But every time, you know, one would come to our church, other and I, Wickham, you know. And I wanted them, I know what you get in an offering in America. And I still have debt today from back then when I would take money on a credit card to give these speakers what I felt they deserved. And that was pride. And that was pure sin. Absolutely. And I've confessed it before God, but some of it's still there. But the point is, it ain't going to be there long. And I'm not saying that to be clever. I'm saying that because suddenly Rod awoke. It's literally like, boom, I woke up. No, 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 no. I'm not going to panic. I live in, my, I live in the Creator's house. <laughs> There's no lack. The Lord really is my shepherd. He really will lead me, lead me by still waters. 
He leads me. The only place, as long as I follow him, the Bible says there's only one place he's going to lead me, and that's into triumph. Isn't that what it says? Is that what it says? So words, that's how the Holy Spirit works. Let me try to maybe finish with this, and I'll come back the next time after next month. Something that the Lord said to me yesterday, again, about the power of words. He said this to me. He said, and this is so simple, but you know how it is when it comes to you. It's like, <gasps> you know, it's like Bobby, you know, when God really began to show her the stuff about sacred sexuality, you know, the, it, the revelation of it hit her so strong, you know, she could not help but want to get it out. You know, it's like said, I forget what Jeremiah said. I'm, what is that scripture about uh, something in my lungs? Well, yeah, it's like a fire shut up in my bones, yeah. You know, <gasps> I, want other, I don't want people to go through what I did. I want people to know there's a way out. I mean, really, isn't that what it's all about? You know, I want people, I just want, you see, but at the end of all of this, there, does, there really does have to be innocent things. It's because I want to see him glorified. I don't want to think people that I'm cool. It's not about, it really isn't about me. It really, 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 really isn't about me. Uh, it really isn't. It's about, I've discovered he is Lord. I'm just it's about the lordship of Jesus Christ. You don't have to go through all that pain that I did. Uh, anyhow, let me hurry. This is what the Lord gave me and I wrote down yesterday. You can't see words, but you can feel them. Now that, just that phrase. I, I, it's just one in my spirit, and of course I know it to be true, and it's like, again, it's Hebrews 11.1, 1, you know, by through faith. Put up Hebrews 11.1 1 real quick. And again, I, I think I quoted this, I spoke to this a little bit last week. But it says, through faith we understand. The only way you understand God is by faith. I'm sorry, verse 3. It must be verse 3. Verse 2, verse 3, let me see. There, there it is. By faith we understand. Just say that out loud. It's by faith I understand. Say this with me. It's by faith. If, but no, I'm sort of, faith is the only way I'm going to understand. <laughs> now listen, by faith we understand the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by what? And like I said last week, don't you think the Word of God does the same thing for you and me? But see, do you hear this? This is why I'm going to give myself to his blueprint. The word of God will frame your life, fashion your life, put it in order, and equip you for your intended purpose. And it says, by the word of God, so, but this is the port. Listen to what he says. I know it, but you don't know it. So that what we see, can you see anything right now? If we're blessed to have sight. What we see was not made of things which are visible. Is that right, Deji? What you see was made by something that you can't see. In other words, there's something that you can't see that's beyond reality. Whoa, you didn't hear me. There's things that you can't see that are beyond what you perceive as reality. I've got to get off my horse here. Boy, howdy, I'm so proud to be here. I'm telling you, I'm not going to be bound to that thing either. The, listen, words. 
There are things that you cannot see. They're the things that have reality. They're the things you can't see make things you do see. Words. Words. God created with words. Nothing's changed. Except now, he said through in Deuteronomy, through Moses, and he said in Romans through Paul, he said, listen, the word of your deliverance is very close to you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's a word called the word of faith, how faith works. That if you will believe with your heart, if you'll confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. For with the heart, for with the heart, for with the heart, for with the heart, man believes. But it's with the mouth that confession, it's with the mouth <laughs> that confession is made unto the thing that you need. The way you get to what you need, the way you get to the healing, the way you get to the finances, is by believing it, believing he wants it, believing it is his will, believing it's who he is. Like I said, he walks in the room, he is healing. He doesn't have it. He is abundance. He doesn't have it. It's just who he is. Abundance walks in. If you believe that in your heart, you will confess it with your mouth. Matthew 15 said, Jesus telling his disciples, he said, don't you understand? It's not what goes into the belly that defiles a man. It's that which comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. What defiles you and I, what restricts us is what comes out of our dumb mouth. You know, I've got all, listen, like I said, I've got tons of notes. I've got enough notes to teach on this for the next year. But it's vital. You can't see words, but you can feel them. That old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Hurt me. That's bull. <laughs> words hurt. You can't see words, but you can feel them. And this is what I wrote down. Things you're going through, feel them too. If you don't know how to speak to the things that you're going through, those things you're going through will feel the weight of those words if those words are in line with God's words. But see, can you begin to meditate on it until you see it? This thing that's attacking me, I'm going to put the weight. It's going to feel, it's going to feel truth. Boom. I'm going to put truth on you. Boom. I will owe no man anything but to love them. I will owe no man anything. I'm a debt-free man. I'm a debt-free family. I have more than enough. And that actually is true. Well, you don't have it yet. Just going to be a matter of time. It's just going to be a matter of time. Why? Because I'm going to keep truth in my mouth. Because I've suddenly believed it in my heart. It's not something I've agreed to in my brain. Somehow the fig tree felt Jesus' words to it, right? God wants your problems to feel the weight of his words in your heart and mouth.
The Father wants to awaken our affection to a world that we cannot see. He wants you to fall in love with the world that you can't see because that will be what changes the world that you do see. When I've already said this, but when God speaks to you, the power of transformation is in that seed. When God speaks to us, he often speaks to us in seed form. And he's looking for soil. The issue is, you know, Mark 4, Matthew 13, about the sower sows the word. The issue is the soil. And the soil is what? The human heart. What you'll hear and what you'll grow. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4, you guard your heart about anything and everything. Because the thorns, and let me just say that when God speaks to us, he often speaks to us in seed form, and he's looking for soil that will steward that seed well until it comes to fruition. Often, if we don't understand the need of patience, we will abort the power of that seed because we're disappointed that we don't get the full measure, the full measure of the promise now. Oh my God, this is so important. And again, like I said, living voice. I said last week about there's voices. And um, this is my this is my first clothing. Everybody say hallelujah. I'm closing. But I, I you know, I, I wanted to go to the whole parable of the sower. But you know the one that says in Matthew 4 and Matthew 13. Oh, maybe you can find the verse. The word verse, the part, the part where it says about the thorns. It says the thorns. You know that some seed fell on thorny soil. See Elizabeth, she's booking it, boy. She's turning. There it is. It says other seeds fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them out. Can you give me? Not, actually, you need to go further than that. You need to get to go down, get to the further, the further part down where he's actually explaining it to the disciples, honey, if you don't mind. Get to that one. What thorns are. Now keep going. Keep going. There it is, right there. Now listen. As for what was sown among thorns. Everybody say thorns. This is he who hears the words, but the cares of the world, everybody say cares, the cares of the world, the pleasure and delight and glamour and deceitfulness of riches, they do what? They choke. They choke. You know what it means to be choked? They choke. They suffocate the word of God, which is truth. The word of God is all powerful, right? But it says it can be suffocated. It can be choked out. It's like what Jesus said before, you make the word of God of no effect by your traditions, but the things that you choose to believe. But this is the thing. So you don't have to worry about pleasure. So you say, well, God doesn't want me. No, no, God is, God is the God of pleasure. At his right hand, there's pleasure forevermore. He's not against pleasure. Hallelujah. He's not against riches, man. Hallelujah. Like I said, he's abundant. But the thing is, cares. I looked up the word care, and it means divided. A divided mind. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to finish with this, and I think I'll amplify this more next week, or not next week, but the week after. You see, God's voice is supposed to reign in your spirit, in your heart, right? I have blessed you to be a blessing, right? Or whatever, let's say, you know, I believe I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's God's truth. But then... Suddenly something comes and says, well, you know what? So-and-so believed that, but it didn't happen for them. So, listen, a thorn comes. 
then somebody else, you hear, you read something, and it says something else that's contrary to what God says. It's another thorn. It's another voice. It's a divided mind. You're not single-minded. You're double Minded, even though this is talking about the heart. Let the double, you know, double-minded man, let that man not think he should receive anything from the Lord. For being a man of two minds, irresolute, doubting this for let don't let him think he'll receive anything from God. I misquoted it. But point is, guys, what voices are you going to give heed to? God's word is the living voice that will only lead you into triumph. Hallelujah. And Father wants us to get to that place where we, again, faith is utter abandonment to the absolute, the absolute trustworthiness of the one who loves me. He loves you. He is utterly, utterly trustworthy. Don't have to doubt him. But you have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. But you have need of patience. This is part what I'm trying these weeks. And I'm going to keep on until the Lord tells me to stop. This is God's pattern to get you to the surplus. He said in Deuteronomy, you'll have a surplus. You'll have a surplus of prosperity in all of your barns. He still wants that. So who am I to argue against God? If he wants it for me, I want it for me. I mean, it's just that way. But see, I'm not, it's, not, it's not so I can have more toys. I, I actually want, after all these years, I want people to say, man, look, Rod, look what's happened to you. Look. Look, you know, you're blessed. You know, whether it's saying the way the world looks, the world looks in the outer man, it may be a car. It may be a house. It may be something like that. I don't know. It may be a blessing on the book you wrote. I don't know. But, see, when the reward comes from doing things his way, he's the one that gets the attention. They don't say, well, you're really good. They say, Mike, look at Look at what your God has done. Look at, for real, look what your God has done. Man, he is faithful, isn't he? And you go, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And you just feel good on the inside because it ain't nothing to do with you. Stand up. Oh, Jesus. Father, I give you thanks. I say again, I say again. I say again, I'm saying words now that I know are your will. It is your will that every single person in this room and under the sound of my voice have your increase. I said have increase. I can speak increase to all of them, and I pray they receive it. But I thank you that they will take the seed and incubate it, water it, guard it, Till it blooms. <laughs> because that seed will only produce after its own kind. I'm telling you. Your book is full of seed of increase. 
Your book is full of the seeds of abundance. He said, I'm going to bless you above all nations. I'm going to bless the f- whatsoever you put your hand to. You see, I mean, I'm just an exuberantly abundant God. I don't care what you put your hand to. I want to bless you so that the world might see it is worth serving me. I thank you that that's why you heal us from cancers. That's why you heal us from whatever. That's why you bless the work of our hand. It's just we want God to be known. I want the Lord God to be known. I want it to be known in my house and in this house of God. (laughs) That God, we sing it, our God actually does reign. Because we've let him reign. Because we've given place to him. To no other voices. I ask you, Father, to help everybody in this room to have an honest, an honest look at their heart, their soil. I said to have an honest look at their soil. And to ask themselves, does that voice sound like God's voice? Or is that another voice? Is that another voice? Is that something that kind of smells like God, but I know it ain't? That's not, that's not God. That's not God. That's not God. I'm going to dig that up. I said, I'm going to dig that up. I'm going to put weed killer on it. You know what weed killer is? Truth. I'm going to put God's truth on it. I'm going to destroy it. It, has, it will not bear fruit in my life. I don't care how long it has borne fruit in the past. No longer, no longer, no longer. God's word is at work in my life. And I thank you, Father, that your word is all the while at work in every one of our people. I pray over every one of our members. Like Julie and I do every week, we pray over every one of you. The lights are going to come on. You will see for yourself. It will not be an instruction that you've heeded. It will be a revelation that you've absolutely, oh my God, just bought into. You believe. You finally believe. I believe. I believe that it shall be, even as the Lord has spoken. Like Paul said, I believe that it shall be, even as the Lord has spoken. So Father, let that stuff just explode. I just keep, this morning I heard the word explosion. I'm asking you to cause a dynamite thing to happen. In the hearts of these people, where they realize, okay, it's right. I'm sorry. I, I, I forgive me if I wanted something so bad. I went about it myself. No, 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 no. I just want you. I really have made the decision. Finally, it's all about your lordship, your lordship, your lordship in my life. Be Lord, not just Savior, but Lord. Be Lord of my life. And then everything else that the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. That's what you said, Jesus. So I give you praise for it. I know it's at work right now. My words are in motion. I said my words are in motion. But you see, I've allowed my words now to be God's words. God's truth about me. Will you do the same? Will you do yourself a favor? Will you do yourself a favor and you have God's words in your mouth so that you have a great
greater, much gigantic, greater experience of who he is and the depth of his love. He loves you. He's not withholding any good thing. He's not withholding any good thing. All you got to do is like cool hand Luke. <laughs> you got to get your mind right. So I release blessing. I release blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 